Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled David Consults with the Captains of Thousands and Hundreds. It shall be focused on a study of 1 Chronicles chapter 13. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty love. We thank you, Lord, that who is like unto thee, O Lord among the gods, who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises and doing wonders. Father, may you speak to us today with the word that you have allotted for us in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 1 Chronicles chapter 13. Chapter 13. And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel and with them also to the priests and levites which are in their cities and suburbs that they may gather themselves unto us and let us bring again the ark of our god to us for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul and all the congregation said that they would do so for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people so david gathered all israel together from shihor of egypt even unto the entering of hemath to bring the ark of god from kirjath-jearim and david went up and all israel to baalah that is to kirjath-jearim which belonged to judah to bring up thence the ark of god the lord that dwelleth between the cherubims whose name is called on it and they carried the ark of god in a new cart out of the house of abinadab and azar and ahio drave the cart and david and all israel played before god with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets and when they came unto the threshing floor of kaidan azza put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled and the anger of the lord was kindled against azza and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark and there he died before god and david was displeased because the lord had made a breach upon azza wherefore that place is called Peres Azza to this day and david was afraid of god that day saying how shall i bring the ark of god home to me so david brought not the ark home to himself to the city of david but carried it aside into the house of obededom the gitite and the ark of god remained with the family of obededom in his house 3 months and the lord blessed the house of obededom and all that he had Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled "Trying to Do God a Service Without Being the Will of God." This was preached in 1965 on July the 18th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 28 up to paragraph 97. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Now, you know this morning. trying to do God a service without being the will of God. God is sovereign. And we see here what David done 
in the scripture reading of 1 Chronicles 13. And he was, his intentions were good. But God does not uh, give us merits on good intentions. There's only one way to serve God, that's by doing His will at His command. And God, being sovereign, there's no one to tell Him what to do or how to do it. He does it the way He knows the right way to do it. And that makes me feel good. And it ought to make all of us feel good, and I'm sure it does. For one would have it coming this way, and one have it going that way, and one the other way. But one great thing again about God, He's not left us now without knowing what's the truth and how to do it. He wouldn't be just to punish us for doing something that we didn't know how it was going to be done, and then let us stumble into something. He's not that kind of a God. He's a God that speaks the word and expects his children to believe it. And therefore, he knows what's best and when to do it and how to do it. We have our ideas of it, but he knows. And then if he set up a system that what he is going to do and didn't tell us what was going to happen and how it was going to happen, then we stumbling at it would be, would be justified in, in our stumblings or trying to do something, each one would be justified, but there's only one way, and that is his word. And another thing, David here, we see that in his heart he wanted to do something that was good. He had no bad motive or no bad objective, but the house or the ark of the Lord was away from the the people, and he wanted to bring the ark of God back to its place so the people would consult God about the things that they wanted. Instead of, of just letting it go, we, what if Brother Blair and the father of this little boy said, well, it's too bad, child just got hurt, killed, I guess just something had happened. But they went quickly to God. What the little lady and her husband, a minister of the gospel, a few nights ago or days when that little lady had that bursted spine that just stood up, the doctor said she'll be paralyzed all of her life. What if the husband, she had said, well, honey, we'll just uh, console ourselves to that. But quickly they'd done something about it. They went to God. How many things in the Bible could we refer to of how when people get in trouble, get to God? Well, then, in them days, they had only one meeting place where they could meet God, and that was at the ark, under the blood. That's the only meeting place yet, Amen. under the blood. The mercy seat was sprinkled to give mercy to the worshiper or the asker when he come to ask the petition of God. God had a special routine, the way you had to go to about that, and he wouldn't accept anything else. He wouldn't accept any other provision, just the way he fixed it. Recently, I just preached on a message, many of you know about it, that 
only one provided place that God meets the worshiper. The place that he said, I'll put my name. If we can find the church that he put his name in, then we got the place. He said, I will not bless you in all the gates, just the gates that I put my name in. I'll put it in one place. And you've got to meet me there, and that's the only place I'll meet you. And we found out through there where he put his name. And that's the only place that he meets the worshiper, and his name was Jesus Christ. God's name is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. Every son comes in his Father's name. And he came in the name of the Father, and there's not another name under heaven given among men. We're called Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Church of Christ, whatever it might be done. He's only one meeting place that God meets man, and that's when he's in Jesus Christ. Amen. Only place. And all these old things back here are the Old Testament type that. I want you to clearly understand it. Now, it's a Sunday school lesson. I've got some scriptures and notes written down here. Now, I thought that this would help you to understand, as all the old things happen for examples to us. Now, we find that God had a way of doing things, but David, just being blessed of God like he had to become king, he just thought that he would just do something for God anyhow. And he never went about it in the right way. We notice God reveals his word in his own predestinated season. Now, how could Martin Luther, a note about the message today, how could the Presbyterians, how could Martin, uh, the Catholic Church know Martin Luther's message? How could John Wesley uh, know Luther's message? How could Wesley uh, know the Pentecostal message? Or how could the Pentecostals know this message? See? He reveals it in his seasons because it is a seed. And as it grows and matures, he reveals himself like the heat of the sun to open up when it's tender and young, bring it out of the ground, the seed. Then give it its leaves in another stage of the sun. Hot sun will kill it if it's the ripening seed, the ripening time. So he regulates the sun and regulates nature to meet his word. He regulates the church, the predestinated, the bride, to meet the season that they are living in. Even nature itself tells us today as we see the nations breaking, the earth sinking in, the handwriting's on the wall. We see the church in the states it's in. We see the bride in the state she's in. And we know by nature that the church is getting ready to leave. What a glorious time. It's a time that all the prophets long to see this hour. Now, he reveals his word only in its season. Martin Luther read the same Bible we did. Wesley read the same Bible Martin Luther did. Pentecostals read the same Bible we read. Jesus read the same Bible that the Pharisees read. But they had trying to keep the corn in an early stage when it was ripening. They failed to see their hour. 
Now David has done the same thing here. God reveals this word in the season and to whom he chooses to reveal it to. God chooses who he reveals it to. He chose that before the foundation of the world. All of his doings were foreknown by him, hidden from man. He just reveals them as he will. It is his chosen season, his chosen person, and he never did choose a party or sect. It's a chosen person. How he does it? Who is it that will dare to correct him? And say, now, Lord, you made a mistake by putting this man in the ministry. This man doesn't believe like we believe. <laughs> Who's going to tell God he's wrong in it? <laughs> you would take somebody that's a little more of a delinquent than I am to tell him that. He knows what he's doing. He knows who to choose and who not to choose, what to do and when to do it. No matter how much we think that a certain person is qualified to do a certain job, God knows who's qualified for the time and the season, or the time and the right time to do it. And the real true Christian, the real true believer in God, waits upon the Lord for these things. Wait on your ministry. If you feel a call, be sure that it's God. Be sure that it's right. Be sure that it's timely of what you're saying. The Bible said, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. If they walk, they're not faint. Notice, David, king of Israel, just anointed. Samuel poured the oil upon him. And he was chosen of God to be king of Israel. And David got this revelation to bring the ark of the Lord up to the city of David. Now there's nothing wrong, but you see, David went at it wrong. Now it looks like if a man like that would get a revelation, a great man like God's chosen king, the greatest king that ever lived on earth outside of Christ, I guess was David, because Christ is the son of David. Now, the greatest man, freshly anointed, coming from the very presence of God, got a revelation to do something for God and wanted to do it for God, but the revelation was wrong. Now, that's a great thing. It'll deal with our subject, trying to do God a service without being called to do it. Notice. David got the revelation. And notice, it was not the prophet Nathaniel that got the revelation. It was David the king that got the revelation. Neither was Nathaniel consulted about it. He never asked Nathaniel, 
But did you see here in First Chronicles? He consulted captains of thousands and captains of hundreds. He never consulted Nathaniel. He consulted the people. And he consulted also the priests and the theologians of that day, the scribes and the theologians. David consulted first, said, If it this be of God, let us go down and bring the ark of the covenant of our God up into the city and let us consult God before we do things. But said in the days of Saul, they left off consulting God by the 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 ark, Urim, Urim Thundam. They left off doing that. David said, now let's get back to God, all of us. Let's get back to the right thing. Let's go down and get the ark and bring it here. Bring the presence of God, in other words, into the city. Let's hold a revival. Let's bring the people back. But he got the revelation which seemed to be good. But it wasn't the will of God. Instead of asking the source that he should have asked, he consulted his captains because he'd just become king and he followed that line of thinking that his chief captains and his great man. Then he went into the church nominal and asked that they could have the revival. The priests, the scribes, the captains of thousands, the captains of hundreds, and he consulted them, was this the will of the Lord? And they said it was. But you see, he failed to ask the main resource that God always deals through. He failed to get it. Now, his intention was good. His motive was good. His objective was good. To bring a revival in the city. Bring the people back to God. But he never consulted the way God told him to do it, see. Even all the people agreed in the priest and that the king was right. They needed the ark back in the city. Now, they needed the presence of God. They needed the revival. But God had not promised to reveal his word in its season to the peoples. He never promised to reveal it to the king in the season. God doesn't change a bit. He didn't promise to do that. No matter how sincere and what good motives and what good objectives and how people want those things and see the need of it, there is a will of God to be carried out in these things. That's what I want to drive down tight. For I want to make this so that you have to see it if, if the Spirit of God dwells in you. And that's the reason I'm lingering so long here, not taking you people's time on the telephone and on the hookup, but I, I want you to see it. If you run out of time, then get the tape. That there, no matter how much it's needed, how much everybody agrees that it's needed. How much that that is the truth. There's yet one thing to find out. Is that the will of God? Now, 
God never promised that he'd reveal his secrets to his kings. He'd reveal his secrets to his people. Something like the time of Micah, the son of Emlon. As we leave, not the text, but another time to re- bring this in and make it true to you, real to you, so you won't miss it. There was in the days of Micah, he was a poor man, and he also come from a poor family. But Ahab, king of Israel, as a nation being under God, he had set aside a school and had brought up selected, hand-picked prophets and had 400 of them in a school. And they were great men. They wasn't just false prophets. They were Hebrew prophets, genuine men. And they consulted the Lord by these men, and they did prophesy. But you see, when the real showdown came, they were every one out of God's word and will. For Jehoshaphat came down from Jerusalem to meet uh, the king Ahab, and they put on their garments and set out in the in the gateways and brought the prophets up before them. First Ahab said, we got a place up here at Ramoth Gilead that actually belongs to us. Now that's thus saith the Lord. Joshua divided for the people and give that to them, but the Philistines had taken it over. And said, here our children need bread, and we ain't got enough land to raise the bread on, and our enemy, the Philistines, feed their children, the heathens, off of the very ground that Jehovah God gave us. That's very straight. And said, here are we, the people of God, set here with our children needy and our enemy feeds their children on the ground that God called us out of Egypt and give it to us. That would raise a theologian, wouldn't it? He said, shall we go up and take our grounds that God gave to us? Jehoshaphat said, yes, I'll help you. We are brothers. You're in Judah and I'm in, I'm in uh, Jerusalem, or, or was it vice versa? I believe, no, that's right. I think it's Jehoshaphat. However, Jehoshaphat was a good man, a king, a righteous man who loved the Lord. Ahab was a lukewarm believer. So they brought them down. But Jehoshaphat said, listen, let us consult the Lord first. We ought to find out about this. See, if David would have done what Jehoshaphat did, he said, shouldn't we do this? And quickly, being an Israelite, Ahab said, certainly, I've got 400 Hebrews like we are, Hebrew prophets of our own organization. And I'll consult them. They are prophets. 
Now, you see, you, just, you say, that stumbles me, Brother Branham. A prophet? Oh, yeah. There's one in the time of Jeremiah who said they'd only be down there two years. The Lord told Jeremiah, 70. Put a yoke around his neck, and the prophet broke it. Ain't him. But you know what happened to him? Oh, yeah. You got to stay with the Word. So these prophets came up and prophesied and said, Go on up, the Lord is with you. And one of them, I believe, forget his name now, the chief Zedekiah, I believe, said he put two iron horns and said, Thus saith the Lord, By this. Now that man was sincere. You'll push your enemy plumb back into their lands and take what belongs to God. It's given to you. I don't believe he was a hypocrite. I believe he was a good man. I believe all them prophets were. You say prophets? Yep. Remember, the very man that consented to kill Jesus Christ prophesied because it was his office. He was high priest that year. And being that he had that office and held that office, the Spirit of God came to him. That didn't mean he was saved or anything about it. And he prophesied. Careful. Because it was his office that did it. And these prophets, being prophets of office prophets, prophesied and the Spirit of God came on them. Man with gifts of the Spirit. I realize I'm talking to 99% Pentecostals. But man, many times, a man, God can deal with them, give them a gift, and the people are squeezing on those people. If they're not perfectly called and sent of God, you'll cause that man or woman to say something that isn't his will because the people constrains them to do it. I had to catch our own little pastor here on it. I in the woods one morning about 3 o'clock in the morning. He said, go tell Brother Neville. I come to you, didn't it, Brother Neville? Everybody, Brother Neville, prophesy over me. Tell me this or that. See? Have him saying things that it wouldn't come to pass. They that wait to find out what the Lord wants to do. So these men looked upon it in a natural sense. It belongs to us. But you see it. They didn't find the word and will of God. Then Micah come down, and he had a vision. He examined first, you notice? said, wait, give me tonight. Let me find out, and tomorrow maybe I can answer you. He wasn't right quick, thus saith the Lord, like in agree with the other prophets. He said, I'll only speak what God says. And the next day we find out God told him what would happen. And it was absolutely contrary to the others. The whole school, it was contrary. And even one of them walked up and smacked him in the face for it. But, see, he waited. Then when he did that, he compared his prophecy, his vision, with the written Word. And it was right with the Word. When somebody says they got a revelation to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, that's contrary to the Word. Now the rest of them ever did. When they say that, oh, we're going to stand this, that, and the other, and so forth, that's contrary to the Word. When they say they don't believe the serpent, see, that's contrary to the Word. All these other things, 
That's contrary to the Word. It must be with the Word and at the season. Now, if David would have only done that, the ark was coming, but not at that time. There was no place for it. Notice. Now, when they went down to get the ark, all the dignitaries said, that's the thing to do, David. Glory to God, we need a revival. That is real Pentecost today. Baptist, Presbyterian. David, you're our king. Y'all, Captain so-and-so and Major so-and-so and General so-and-so will be at your meeting. While they say, that's just the thing to do, David. You got the whole country with you. That's what's the matter today. I don't want the country. I want God. If there's nobody else then. David had all the captains. He had cooperation with the military forces. He had cooperation with all the denominations, with all the theologians, with all everybody agreeing with him. So did Ahab and others in the Scripture. But he didn't have God because he was out of the will of God. I hope we get this. Notice they done every religious thing they could. They probably put out advertisements and everything. Great revival. The ark is going to be brought back. We're going to have a revival. We're going to do this. Notice he sent singers. He sent people with harps, with trumpets. And they done every religious thing that they know how to do. And still God was not in it. Somewhat see it repeating again, don't we? They took all the singers. They took the harp players, the trumpet blowers, the women, the man, whoever it was that sang. They took them all down there and they went through every religious motion. I don't want to say this, but I've got to say it. So is these denominations today, Pentecostal and all, is going to every religious motion of singing and shouting. Notice, David shouted with all his might. And he screamed and he jumped and he went to every religious motion that there could be. And still God was not in it. And his motive and his objective and everything was right. But he went the wrong way with it. See? He done all the religious movements. Shouted, sang, had special singers, special shouters, everything else. They danced in the Spirit. They done everything that was religious. It's something like our great crusades of our time. They want to win the world to Christ. There is no such a thing. Great landslide revivals. Great things happening. If they could only realize that day's past, she's doomed. But they're building crusades, organizations and everything. But their results is just about like it was in David's time. It didn't work. We go and have a revival, our great, some of our great evangelists today, and say they have 30,000 converts in six weeks' time. 
And a year from there, go back, they can't find 30. There's something wrong. What it is, it's just the same thing David done. Great dignitaries, great men, great preachers, great schools, great authority. But still, they're consulting an old denomination instead of looking in the face of God's Word and see when the season's on. You can't raise certain foods but just certain times of the year. Now let's see what happened. Although their religious emotion and stuff was great, their intentions was great, their crusade was great, their singing was great, their dancing was great, their shouting was great, their music was great, and they have the ark. What good's the ark without God? It's just a wooden box, a couple of tables of stone. That's like taking communion, being baptized. What good does it do to be baptized if you're not first repented? What good does it take communion, become a hypocrite, if you don't live the life and believe the rest of God's Word? Take part of it, not the rest of it. It shows there's something wrong. Now, when all this happens, let us now see what happens when God and His age and His time is not considered just the people's idea. Many people said to me, Why don't you come over here and hold a meeting? Well, we call for you. Sign this, that, or the other. Wait! You might want it, but what does God say about it? Many people have said to me, I've had invitation, I've had interviews, personal interviews and things, waiting for a year. Wait! How will I know what to say until God tells me what to say? See? Got to wait. That's the reason I said, write that out. Let me see what he says. See? Wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Is that right? Notice. They consulted only the priest of that day, the theologians, the denominations. And notice, by doing that, consulting the priest and consulting the congregation, consulting the people, they did it wrong. Notice, the ark was the Word. We know that's right, because the ark is Christ and Christ is the Word. The ark or the Word was not put in its first ordained, original, ordained position. Oh, don't fail to get this church. Everything was perfect. And everything looked good. Like a great revival was coming. But because they failed to consult the right person about it, they consulted the priest consulted the dignitaries, consulted the theologians, consulted the singers, and got everything together with one accord and a great organization of the military and also the, the, the forces of the nation. Everything was in harmony for a great meeting, but they failed to consult God. So had Ahab, so had others. What a moment. Now, don't miss this. They failed to get it because they hadn't consulted. And by doing that, watch, by going to the priest, 
by going to the theologians and by going to the military forces and not even considering their God-sent messenger of the hour, Nathan, they did it wrong. They went and picked up the ark and put it upon a new cart. Put it up on a new cart or a new denomination is going to start up. And not upon the God-given, ordained way to pack it. It was supposed to be packed on the shoulders of the Levites. But you see, when you start wrong, you'll keep on going wrong. If a bullet is supposed to be directed to a target and you jerk the barrel one thousandths off here to begin with, at a hundred yards, you're four or five inches off. You start wrong. Oh, God help us to know this thing has started wrong. This great crusades of the hour, the so-called. God is not consulted about it. Priest and religious man is consulted. Organizations is consulted. Well, will you have such and such? I believe if we could get everybody together. Don't get everybody together. Just get God's Word about it. Then we find that when they do that, what do they do? They continually to go right on with their same old religious program, which is out of the Word of God and the will of God. That thing died years ago. Them old dried up things of years ago. It had dried up in the days of Lord Jesus. They didn't know it. Instead, if you'd have known Moses, you'd have known me, for Moses said I was coming. That our fathers eat man in the wilderness said they're all dead. Blind, he called them Pharisees, religious leaders. Except you believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins. But they didn't do it. They're so set in their ways. They had to have it their way. That's the way David did. He had it in his way, so he just said, you know what I'll do? We're moving. He had a revelation. We're moving now, so we'll do a new way. The days of miracles is past, so we'll just make us a new organization. We'll build a new cart. So a new thing has started. What a false prophecy. You've got to go back the way God said do it. They put it up on the shoulders of the Levites, and that was over the heart. The ark, the word, is not to be packed upon a new denomination, upon the theories of some man, but in the heart. The word of God is not to be handled by denominations. It's to be handled by the heart of a man where God can come in there and reveal himself. And if he reveals it according to the word, it's God. If it isn't, it's not. And then the word of that season. Sure. The Pharisee could say, Who told us that we can't do this and do that? Moses gave us these orders. But Moses also said, Satan said, Why, it is written. He'll give his name. And it's also written, said Jesus. The season, the time. If you don't know Moses, you have one to accuse you of Moses. If you don't know Moses, you don't know me. He said, For Moses wrote of me. The Lord your God shall raise up a prophet among you of your brethren. Him shall they hear. If they'd known Moses, they'd have known him. How close, listen, 
Don't miss this now. See? First thing, when they consulted the priest, consulted the dignitaries, consulted the military, consulted all the congregation in the neighborhood to get together for this great meeting to come, they failed to do it right. They didn't consult God, and by doing so, not going back and see what time it was. Oh, brother, what time are we living in? What's the age? What's the hour that we're in? It's not time for these things that they're talking about. That's past. Judgment is on hand now. You can see it breaking. You remember the rock up on the mountain? Judgment hour. You remember the revelation or the vision of the bride? Just keep her in step. Don't let her get out of step. Notice, upon the shoulders of the priest and David and all the priests that really ought to have known better. Well, what was it? The priests should have known better. The scribes, theologians, should have known better. Because the Word said not to do that. And today, when they want to say, Oh, Jesus Christ isn't the same yesterday ever, that's mental telepathy, that's this, that, or the other. They failed to see the promised word. Amen. Oh, that was a day gone by. David said, Oh, well, I waited up on the shoulders of the priest. That was back when Moses came out. Sure, we, we'll put on a new card today. I got a revelation of it. The priest said, Amen, David. See, influence. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we see David here, Lord, no doubt a man you had anointed to be king, and how, Lord, he had risen to taking the kingdom of Israel and becoming king because, Lord, of the support system that you had put behind him, the chief of the captains of the thousands and the hundreds, and how they had served David so loyally and Lord, they were even inspired of you to be his supporting cast and to serve him in that way. And you foreordained it that they would be rulers with him in the kingdom together. But Lord, we see your great men and servant David here failing to not base his decisions off of the wisdom of these men, but to consult the prophet. For you said in Amos 3, verse, in Amos 3 chapter, verse 7, that the Lord God will do nothing except he reveals it unto his servants, the prophets. So Father, help us to learn here that you have a way in which you do things. Help us to not presume and go ahead and try and serve you out of our own ideas or make decisions in our lives out of the goodness of our own ideas and thoughts and reasonings. But may we go back and search the scriptures for you've told us in them you think they have eternal life and in there they are there that testify of you. So help us, Father, in everything that we do, like you've taught us, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount with weak as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. So teach us, Lord, to wait. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. 
We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Say 